Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have my friend and actually somebody I have personally used as a copywriter in my business, Brittany Herzberg, on the show today. Brittany has a really unique story because she used to be a massage therapist, or she actually still is a massage therapist, but she now does copywriting and SEO. So if you don't know what that is, search engine optimization. And she is like the copywriter that service providers call when they want to show up as the answer to a Googled question. So after she built her thriving massage practice, she realized most of her clients chose her because of her website, which as you know, this is so in line with everything I teach about your personal brand and showing your personality, right? So that combined with her 15 years of experience in the healthcare field has shown her that clients search for and book with people they connect with and trust right? We all know this. I'm so excited to talk about this today. She believes that the number one business building task should be to create a powerful human connection with strangers using SEO and storytelling. So today in this episode, we're going to talk a lot about storytelling from a case study perspective. And we're really going to dive into using the power of case studies. It's really a step beyond just, you know, a, a copy and paste testimonial quote from your Google reviews. She's going to walk through her signature framework for creating an awesome case study for you to use, um, and you know, in your, on your website, your email, your Instagram, wherever. So let's dive in. Welcome to holistic marketing simplified, a podcast for health and wellness professionals looking to simplify their marketing. I'm your host, Molly Cahill. And this podcast is brought to you by holistic marketing hub, our hybrid program that supports you with personalized coaching, caption templates, and virtual classrooms. In this program, we teach health and wellness professionals how to fish, but we also bait their hook. Head to holisticmarketinghub.com to learn more and use code podcast for $100 off. You can find full show notes, resources, and more at mollycahill.com slash podcast. All right, Brittany. So I did your intro and gave your, your, you know, more fancy bio, but welcome (laughs) to the Holistic Marketing Simplified podcast. Can you give us just like a very quick brief overview of your story and how you went from like massage therapist to copywriter, SEO extraordinaire? Yeah. How did that pivot happen? I'm yeah. so excited to be here. I'm really, I'm really jazzed that you even have a podcast. I can't even tell you. So yay. I know, I know. I'm stoked too. <laughs> um, a little bit about me. So massage therapist, gee, when did that start? 2011, 2012. One of those years I started school. Never planned on it, but I eventually went out on my own, had my own practice. I still have my own practice. And 2020 hit, yeah. the year of all years. I was at home and I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I needed the break, but I also didn't know what to do. I knew I needed to update my website. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, let me go talk to my clients and say, you know, what are you missing about me? What are you really excited to, you know, happen when we get back in the massage room? All that stuff. I took an opportunity just to have conversations. I got such good client feedback. I used it on my website. I used it in social just to kind of like stay connected with people. And along around that same time, I was watching a couple of webinars and they were talking about copywriting. And the specific one I remember was Marisa Corcoran has this thing called the copy chat. And I was watching it and everything she's talking about, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a copywriter. I've been doing this. So shortly after that, like I was like diving into that world, learning stuff. Friends were asking me for help with projects, writing emails, writing their websites, coming up with these like flyers, like anything that involved words, they wanted my help. And I kept getting this feedback that I was really 
capturing their voice and they loved yeah. it because I was taking like what was in their head and pulling it out and actually using it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I actually know what I'm doing. So then really what kicked off co- the copywriting business was in 2021, I officially established myself as a copywriter. And in that summer, I was really diving into SEO. So like SEO happened and then case studies happened because I liked talking to people and sharing their stories. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I have a question for you. Do you think copywriting can be taught or do you think it's something you're just naturally good at? Or do you think it's a combination of both? That's a really great question. I feel like it's a combination of both because even as I've been figuring out like workflows and systems and processes and templates and like taking what's in my head and getting it out, I'm not even really sure how to do that sometimes. (laughs) So I'm figuring out how to take what I know and what I do naturally and work that into something that somebody else could help me with. But I feel like for me, it's definitely a combination because I had the listening piece. I had the which I kind of honed, not kind of, I really honed that when I was, you know, working with my massage clients. I'm listening and I have a pretty good sense of intuition. So I'm just like guided to know what to do. And the same thing was happening with copywriting. So the thing that I learned really was like how to structure copy pieces, how to Uh. like the, actually the stuff that you and I worked with. So like, how does this need to flow? What does the person need to read? Yeah. Just like more of like the psychology, the structure, all of that stuff. Yeah. I love that. All right. So let's talk about case studies because case studies are kind of your doing. We're going to talk about case studies and SEO, but I want to dive right in. So first of all, let's talk about case studies because I feel like that is just such an easy way that people can dive right into harnessing the power of better copy for actual conversions. So Mm -hmm. how is a case study different from just say taking a testimonial from your website or something like that? Yeah. Um, I love using analogies and my favorite analogy to use with this is that the testimonial is kind of like a movie trailer and your case study is the movie so the case study allows for yeah right i should i should pause i should learn to pause and give that a minute (laughs) i just get too excited but like the case study gives more nuance it gives the full story it allows for Mm. connection Mm -hmm. and then when i'm actually writing the page and crafting the page i'm able to link to different things so if you're familiar if you're listening and you're familiar at all with sales pages on a sales page you want one of two options you want the person to click and buy they're in they love it or they hit the x button it's not for them you don't really have any other distracting things on that page with a case study it's kind of like the exact opposite the way i do them okay so it supports your seo strategy and it helps the reader to like drop them into your world you link out to other pages on your website you link out to instagram you link out to your client that you're featuring all these things so you're like taking them from the diving board and you're just like plopping them into the pool oh so you're almost kind of using it as like like a blog post essentially yeah exactly and they can i've done it where they live so actually this year with my blog i have a ridiculous goal that i'm actually hitting to write one blog per week because i need google to know that i'm a copywriter (laughs) i tried that in 2022 and i made it through like may but in my defense i moved across the country so um now we're back to it because um shout out (laughs) to Haley, who is my podcast producer she creates uh, blog posts from the podcast recording so i'll have to do a show up and talk which is what i'm good at so (laughs) yeah so okay so let's okay let's keep going on the case study train we like to think that we are logical like we make decisions logically but Mm -hmm. we don't so I have there's this there's this Brene Brown quote that I love I'm gonna butcher it but it's something along the lines of like 
we are feeling beings who occasionally think instead of thinking beings who occasionally feel or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll try to find the original quote, but this is why case studies are so powerful because it really, I always give the example of that VRBO commercial that came out post pandemic. Do you know the one I'm talking about where it was like showing families reuniting and hugging and yeah, you know, it had nothing to do with, VRBO. It wasn't like our website allows free cancellations and you can easily right. navigate. It was like it had nothing to do with any of that. It just the whole commercial was uh-huh. about evoking the emotion of, you know, families getting together. So that's kind of what case studies do. Instead of saying something like, hey, massage therapy can help reduce your stress, you can say something like, I'll let you fill in. I know, sorry, I'm putting you on the spot, but it doesn't have to be beautiful. But reduce your migraine frequency that one close no. to, it's close to home <laughs> well no i just I was thinking even too like like the, the more ho- like the like personal picture- connection one yeah like i'm i'm picturing a hook that's something like Brittany had now missed seven days of work in march alone due to her migraine like that being the right. hook right and See, you're good at that i'm not good with the on the spot stuff <laughs> oh sorry yeah I'm I'm just trying to think, you know what I mean? Like that. And then you, you tell the story of how she came to you and how she, Mm -hmm. you know, like what you found initially when you initially, you did your initial assessment and then what the treatment plan was like. And, you know, then the outcome, like that's, that's going to paint a much bigger picture and it's going to help people actually have that emotional response because they can picture Mm -hmm. it in their brain. Not saying that you don't need any copy or any type of content that is more straight to the point, like, hey, massage can help stress <laughs> or massage can help migraines. Right. Because I've been diving into the DISC assessment lately. Have I talked to you about this? What are you? No, you haven't. I'm a high I. You have to be in high Me I. too. Yeah, so you say you have to be. I'm high I, high S. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, yeah. So like the D, I have some D too. The Ds want the simple to the point. Like they don't, they don't necessarily need the whole backstory. But yep. not everyone's a high D, right? So that's why you kind of, it's, it's cool to have all these different um, styles. Yeah. So, there's, yeah. There's so, a few threads that I thought we could pull on from that. <clears throat> I was trying to make notes. So one thing is with the, you're talking about it with like the emotions. But when we can make those connections with people, like that's that's what's going to get you because that's where the emotion is. They need to be able to, let me reel it back a little bit. I get too excited and I go too far down the path. So one of the things that I like to do with the case studies is not just point out like this person had a $500,000 launch. It's this is how they felt. This is what life looked like. This is why they decided to hire this person to work this person to whatever, right? Because there's a core problem and saying this person had a $500,000 launch is going to feel too far removed from some people. But if you say this feeling is, you know, now more prevalent, like I feel more confident, I feel more empowered. That reader might have a $2,000 launch, but they're going to be able to see themselves in that seat of feeling more confident, feeling more empowered. So I like to remind people not to discount those internal wins. Uh, Like it doesn't have to be a big number. It doesn't have to be something like super glamorous or whatever. Like the simple things, the more relatable things, highlight those because those connections for the reader, whether they're connecting with you or they're connecting with your client, that's more likely to lead to a conversion. I so that's love that. One thing. Can you can you give an example of that? Sorry if I'm putting you on the spot again, but I, th- I think I need to understand a little better. Like, what do you mean? Like, they can see themselves in that in that seat. So, like, take take a person who has their first launch and it's a two thousand dollar launch. That may mean the world to them, but to someone else, you know, 
$500,000 doesn't feel so far away from where they're at. So if you can't, I'm trying to think of like something that I wrote recently, which is actually, it's kind of along those lines. So it's a seven, it was a seven figure business owner. She was like super experienced with launching. She had high numbers all the time, but she wanted to feel more prepared going into launches. And so by going through this program, she felt more prepared. She felt more confident. She got over her fear, actually, of emailing her list. So like those are relatable things that we can like shine a light on. And then the reader can go, oh, I freaking am scared to like email my list, right? I may not make a super high launch number, but I can start to email my people and I can see myself doing that by reading this. And if I go through this program, I'm then going to be able to feel more confident, less afraid to actually like go do that. Does that make any sense? No, it makes perfect sense because so okay. the 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 parallel that I could draw to the health and wellness space because and by the way, we do have some people listening who are online business owners who are trying to launch, you know, launch uh-huh. an online program. So this is definitely relevant there. But in terms of thinking about the health people, like I've think goodness knock on wood I've never had a migraine I think I've had one in my life oh good for you <laughs> oh oh well I'm not without ailments I no I yeah, know that's a I whole know. that's a whole other <laughs> story but I'm just so know, happy when people don't have migraines like genuinely. that's just one I don't have you know what I mean like I've got I've got all the rest um yeah so I can't relate to the migraine part but let's say it was somebody with like bad IBS or something and they were like they missed seven days of work this month because yeah. of their symptoms like you said they can still see it might not be the exact problem but they can still see themselves reflected in in the emotion like yeah th- that's behind the specific problem yeah they feel bad they've missed out on money they're missing their clients like whatever it is yeah those are the relatable pieces and even pulling in things like I like talking about the locations that the, the people live. Like, there's a person who lives in Australia, so I, like, pulled pulled that out. Um, cool. There's, like, someone that moved. I mean, even if we talked about you, like, moved cross-country, right? Me, I'm, like, bouncing around Airbnbs. So if you pull out those things or, like, talk about their dog or talk about their kid or talk about their history and how they ping-pong to, like, 14 different careers, those are going to be the relatable things. Those are going to be those moments of connection where you can see yourself being that client or being that provider or being working with that provider rather so yeah it just allows for those connections which again feeds back into seo you can do these case studies and leave your clients anonymous i've had some people that run into resistance there so you can just focus on the problem which could be migraines could be ibs could be any number of things fertility stuff like any number of things so you can yeah. focus on the problem and leave the person anonymous for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think with HIPAA, it's only like, what is it, two identifying fact It can't be, well, people who are listening to this will know what they can and cannot say. But <laughs> yeah, you could be like, let's call her Brittany. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know I've just run into some resistance there, so I wanted to make sure to highlight that. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, so let's pivot and let's talk about SEO. What What is SEO and why is it important? And you can even tie it up with a bow and talk about why case studies, how case studies can impact that. Yeah, so SEO stands for search engine optimization. Many people have heard the term SEO. They've heard of it, but they're like, that sounds scary or I don't know what that means or things like that. And my friend and I actually created a podcast because we wanted to simplify the whole like 
myth that SEO has to cost a lot of money or be really scary. So all it is really is just making sure that you're findable on Google to the right people. So someone has a search query, they type something in, you want to show up as one of those answers. And the way you can do that, one of the ways is we can optimize these case studies so that someone is coming in. I like to talk about how your website is kind of like a house and you have different windows and doors that people can get into. And then of course people are like, well, that sounds scary. That could be potentially dangerous. But it's just like there's different avenues people can find you through which people can find you. Um, one of them could be like an Instagram post. One of them could be a blog post. One of them could be a podcast interview. So a case study is just an opportunity for that. And it doesn't matter if you use the case study on your blog as a blog, like I've been doing, or if you have that as a standalone web page that you maybe tie into a launch or maybe tie into, I don't know, even like a modality that you're doing if it's so a little unfamiliar to people. So when it comes to the actual case study itself, I structure them with like, what was the before? What was the during? What was the after? I actually have a framework called the pet framework and it P is for problem. So like, what was that problem? What was it that made them go and search Google or ask their friends for a referral and come find you? And then E is for experience. So what was the during like? What did they like about working with you? And that gets, that offers a chance for you to feature talking about yourself without you actually saying that stuff. Your clients are saying it and they're going to say things better than you could ever, ever imagine saying it. Um, and then, yeah, that's like one of my favorite things because I'm an introvert and also too with like being in the healthcare space. Another place of resistance I run into is people talking about themselves. They're like, I don't, that doesn't feel good. I don't want it. That's icky. That's gross. Well, your person is saying it. All you have to do is put it in like a cute little text box and slap right. it on your website. Yes. And then T is for transformation. So again, what were those internal wins? What were those external wins? External being more numbers, internal being more emotions. And then, like I said, so when it comes to actually writing the case study, that's how it's structured overall. And then there's links, like I said, there's buttons, your images are titled. Well, all of those things play into SEO and making it findable. So yeah. Don't you have a free down? You can you have a free download for that too don't you i do yeah it's uh i renamed it because i it was showing up under a different seo keyword so now it's the oh. seo basics checklist yeah we'll link that in the show notes okay so let's talk and if i'm getting outside your scope here just just stop me don't feel like That's you have awesome. to <laughs> but do you find like it's really different doing seo for a brick and mortar local business versus an online only business yes and no just with a brick and mortar, there's a little bit more focus on location with someone who is, and it's funny because I learned this myself, massage therapy, having my practice, that was much more like local SEO. With copywriting, I can help anyone everywhere, anyone anywhere. There we go. So there's just a little bit extra that you could do for a local business, but there's also stuff that you can do location-based things for online, for virtual things. So... Let's talk about keyword. Well, here's, I'll, I'll seg into like a little bit of Instagram stuff. So my mom, my mom is kind of serves as my assistant when I need her. She's incredible mm. personal and business. Like yesterday, I was like, can you find me a donation pickup for all of these donations in my garage? <laughs> and That's she's so like, nice. it'll be there on, the, they'll be there on the night. <laughs> I put it on your calendar. Like she's great. But anyway, she was helping Man. with some of the captions inside of holistic marketing hub for me. Mm -hmm. And she, in some of the captions, I didn't notice that I had more than 30 hashtags. So she was going and taking off to get it down to 30 hashtags. Uh -huh. And 
because you can only use 30 hashtags on Instagram. And she she was like, oh, I'm having trouble knowing which ones to take off. Yeah. So I searched most popular hashtag for health. And I was like, hmm. So I could see why you would think that would be the right strategy, but it's actually not because <laughs> most popular means that you're trying to rank up there with, you know, like goop mm-hmm. <laughs> and Gwyneth Paltrow's health, version of health. Like you're not going to rank on the first page of Google right. for the word health or uh-huh. wellness or even chiropractic for that matter, whatever yeah. it is. So I try to tell people like, or I don't talk, I don't teach SEO, but I do know enough about SEO to know Mm -hmm. that it's the same theory when it comes to SEO that you're not going to rank for these super, super huge search terms like health, Mm -hmm. um, even though they might be quote the most popular. So with Mm -hmm. hashtags, I typically tell my clients to look under the 250,000 uses mark. Mm -hmm. What do you try to look for? with SEO keywords. Can you like give us an example and then maybe a tool that you use to look at that? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's actually linked in the SEO basics checklist if anyone does go grab that. So, um Perfect. and there's a video, there's a video tour of it in my oh, email well, welcome yeah. sequence. So definitely Sweet. go grab that. Yeah. Um so okay, let's see. I typically like to search for 0 to 100. Okay. Which sounds so narrow, so niche. So, like, usually there's a combination of, like, one that's 0 to 100 and then something that's, like, no more than, like, 750. Reason being, the more specific you can be with the keyword that you're using and the really the intention of whatever you're sharing, the more likely you are to end up in front of the right person and have that convert. And then you're going to keep showing up in front of the right people. So, you know, even... um, I think it was just a few months ago, my friend Crystal and I, the the one that I do the podcast with, we were talking about the search volume that we look for. And we were talking about it and we were doing some stuff for my website, actually. And I was like, well, that's zero. And she's like, yeah, but that's good. Like, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be found by the right person. And what I noticed, actually, is that there were kind of like a combination of two key phrases in that one okay. phrase. I'll give you an example for something that I did recently. Uh, I was writing a case study. And the, the person that we were focusing on featuring was a female executive. And the client that I was writing for is known for this, like, Gallup Strengths Coaching. So oh, I, yeah. So somewhere in there, it said something, like, we merged all of that, basically. I can't remember the exact key phrase, but, like, female executive Gallup Strengths Coaching was all merged into her keyword. So keyword is a little bit of a misnomer because they're typically key phrases. Like you said, like, I'm not going to try to make that case study rank for Gallup. Like, not going to happen because Gallup is going to rank for Gallup, their website, mm-hmm. that institution. So you're just be more niche, be more intentional. And when you focus on being intentional, like the rest of the stuff just like naturally happens. So what I love using is actually Google, just like the web the page Google. Like when you type a <laughs> query, <laughs> we all know Google, we're all good friends. Um, when you type the query, if you're looking for, like, functional nutritionist in Raleigh, like, that's going to pull up someone more specific than just, like, nutritionist. For, like, that was a point that I was trying to pull in. I was like, where was I going? So where I'm going is type that in Google. Look at the results that show up. You can actually analyze the page of Google. You can look at people also ask. You can look at the types of articles that are showing up. There's something called search intent. So as you're mm-hmm. looking through those answers are they hitting 
on the topic in the way that you want to hit on it. Um, and a good example for that is like, I might write an article about massage therapy, but the target audience could be massage clients or it could be other massage therapists. So massage therapists are going to have a different search intent than massage clients. So anyway, just like look at the articles that are showing up and see if those are the types of things that you're looking at writing. It's not going to show you search volume, but you'll at least have an idea for if it's like, oh, I'm on the right track or not. The extension I like using is called Ubersuggest. It's free. Mm -hmm. You can get it on Google Chrome. I have a MacBook, so I have it on Chrome. And I love using that. And that shows you the search volume. But again, like, don't be afraid if it shows up as zero because it could, if it's a phrase, it could be exactly what you need to, to do for that yeah, page. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to go da- too far down the SEO rabbit hole, but mm-hmm. I do think that stuff is really interesting because I think people underestimate the power mm-hmm. of feeding the Google beast. Yes. So <laughs> can you talk about like going back to keywords? Let's, let's talk a little bit more about how posting regularly on things like Instagram can impact where you show up in search. Cause I, I know that Google likes it. Like Google can crawl. Hey, she posts on Instagram frequently and it can bump up your rankings. Yeah, it can do that. I don't know exactly all of the inner workings of that, but I know that the more information like you're talking about, the more information we can feed Google and other search engines, the better because they're going to start to they're they're drawing it's like a web behind the scenes it's like oh she says this over here she says this over here (laughs) it does but it's actually good um i'm I'm imagining those like you know those wood blocks they have nails in it and then you like use the yarn to draw the things yeah that's the kind of web i'm thinking of i don't know what it's called but that um so yeah like the more it's it, it all comes back to intention and connections so if you're being intentional with whatever you're putting on your blog, whatever you're sharing on your podcast, whatever you have on your website, whatever you're doing on Instagram, blah, 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 blah. It's just naturally going to make those connections and you're going to show up because the search engines are going to start crawling everything and recognize what the dots are that they need to connect. Exactly. Like it would be really tough for you to have an Instagram page or a website where you talked about your massage therapy practice and your copywriting. Like that's going to confuse the heck out of Google. They're going to be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I'm still kind of trying to do it because I have BrittanyHersberg.com and I have one page that's dedicated to like all things massage. So I'm like, do I leave yeah. it? Do I go? Is it like, so I'm still kind of figuring out that dance. No, I know. I get it. And too, like, I mean, there's people who, um, I don't know. Do you follow Glow Autonomo on um, Instagram? Uh-oh. She's Glow Graphics, G-L-O. She has like this unicorn page that she talks about all kinds of random stuff. But she's also been a consistent Instagrammer since like 2012. Wow. So she's kind of one of those people that can get her way with whatever because people love her content no matter what she posts. But Mm -hmm. I always tell people when you're just starting out, you can always broaden later down the road. (laughs) But starting super niche is always the way to go. Because, for example, we have a new – well, she's not new anymore. We have a client who – She's a chiropractor and she's in Manhattan, but she does a lot of lymph drain, oh, yeah. like lymph work. Mm-hmm. And so because she's so specialized in the lymphatic system, like space and like breast health space, she's her Instagram has blown up because yeah. she's so, so narrow. Well, that's the thing. Like if you can just get known for that thing and even like 
my story goes into that because in the last year I wrote down somewhere last last year I don't know it was on a piece of paper like I want to be the case study copywriter for service providers well guess what in the last two or three weeks people are like I love that you're the case study copywriter I'm like it's happening but it took me yes that's what I think of when I think of you Mm -hmm. thank you it it took me being consistent with it it honestly took me getting out of my own way in my own head um, and even like my entire Instagram journey is that because I was posting about massage therapy, I wanted to pivot into copywriting and I'm like, I'm trying to like keep a foot in both worlds. And there was one day where I was like, I can't do this. Like if I don't just double down on being a copywriter, no one is going to know to come to me for anything. They're going to yeah. keep thinking of me as a massage therapist. So I had to like have this sit down, come to Jesus moment with myself. And I like redid the profile. Um, I left the post, but like I redid the bio. I think I put a new photo up. I um, redid like the bold bio thing. Like I redid stuff, and then I just was like, okay, this is who I am. Like I'm. Good. It's almost like I don't like fake it till you make it, but it's more like what I've done my whole life is kind of embody it until I am that. Yes, and so that I love was, that. Yeah. So that really, yeah. my whole Instagram journey has helped me with my business because of that. So yeah, if you do, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, focus on one thing, go all in, be that even if you feel like it's too soon, because then you're going to start to pick up traction for that thing. Oh, 100%. And like when I first narrowed down to just serving health and wellness professionals, I was freaking out because I was like, I had all this real estate business mm-hmm. and I had a hairstylist and I was starting to get known with other hairstylists, but I was like, it's not really the content I enjoyed creating. So yeah, yeah, I know it's like a broken record, the whole like niche down, niche down, niche down. But like truly, it's it's it can be so powerful. And it to me, it helps reduce a lot of overwhelm because you kind of have this yeah. one specific thing. So going back to case studies or SEO, you can be like, okay, this is the thing. Like this is the thing I'm trying to rank for. So like right now, my goal in 2023 is to rank on Google for chiropractic marketing. I serve. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, I serve other people. I this morning had a lactation con- actually now two lactation consultants. Um, I have some massage people, some acupuncture. It's not like I only work with chiropractors, but like that's my focus right now is to try to get ranked for that keyword. Mm-hmm. So I think to me it's kind of it's instead of looking at it as pigeonholing pigeonholing yourself, you're really it's kind of liberating. It's liberating and it builds trust because if someone goes to your page, I am a massage therapist, but I might go to your page and go, wow, she really knows what she's doing when it comes to health and wellness. Let me check her out. And if I have a question, I'm already like, you know, a foot and a half in the door. So I'm interested. I want to work with you. I would just go and then like ask a question or like go to the sales page or check something out, you know, like do a little bit more investigating. But when you show up and you're talking about one thing consistently, like an expert, like the expert that you are you are going to build trust so much faster with people and build your authority. The other thing too I wanted to mention because it took me years to realize this, like of like a lot of years, is that when you're being repetitive in your content, you're doing the right thing. You don't need to keep reinventing the wheel. Even think about it like when you're in practice or when you're at whatever work, whatever your job situation is. You notice yourself saying the same things over and over and over and over and over because people have the same concerns. They have the same questions. They get tripped up on the same things. So just like double down on that. Figure out what your sayings are. Figure out like what those things are that you are repetitive about. Like it's okay. It's actually good because we all need those reminders. I did not tell Brittany to say this. By the way, no, she didn't. I wasn't. I'm always preaching the, the 21 times thing. I'm like, keep saying it, keep saying yeah. it. I had a client who was like, 
my staff says my Instagram profile is boring and it's the same stuff over and over. I'm like, well, yeah, it is because it's supposed to be. But I mean, yeah. and I get it, right? Like I, I run all of these chiropractic and functional medicine and health coach profiles and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I have to talk about this thing one more time. <laughs> and I find myself even not following my own advice, trying to kind mm-hmm. of, what's something like weird I can talk about? Which you do need, like you do need some salience every once in a while. And you do need some like polarizing opinions and going yeah. against the norm every, you know, too. But my, my point is like people need to hear things and A it lot. really helps with what, you know, they either call like right place, right time marketing or top of the mm-hmm. mind awareness where it's like, I might, maybe I was, where I'm going to go back to the migraine example because it's always so easy. Maybe <laughs> I've been migraine free for six months and all of a sudden I get one and I'm like, oh, you know what? I think I remember seeing mm-hmm. this post about it. And I've done that. I've totally done that where I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember seeing blah, blah, blah talked about. I don't know why I'm saying blah, 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 but like I remember seeing this thing talked about and I will often remember the person who said it or like I'll get myself to the right like kind of group of people where it's like, I don't know, something about nutrition. So I'll, put, you know, type in nutrition, nu- nutritionist or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I find it. So it, it, yeah, like being repetitive feels boring because we know this stuff we want to take it to the next level but if we want to help the people that we want to help we have to meet them where they're at and they're at the point where they need to hear it over and over and over again yes exactly exactly i love that all right so let's wrap this up with your final i'm gonna get so you you gave your pet framework um we'll link your free download but if you kind of had a final tip of like, what would be your steps? Let's say like, if you were to say like step one, two, three for somebody getting a case study up, like even on their Instagram, like this week, what would that be? Oh yeah. So, okay. I got to think about it. This is good. I would first jot down just like what you want to be known for, who you help and how you help them. And then think through what clients really highlights that or what patient like their experience really highlights that and then think through from there like what was the beginning of their story what was the during what was the after so like what problem did they come in having what was their experience like what is even like a line you remember them having them telling you about their experience and then what has the transformation been how is their life looking now like think through those things and then you could take that and make even like a 30 second reel or you could make a carousel post or you could do a quick story about it so yeah that's that's what i would say yeah and if you haven't listened to episode one of the podcast i actually talk about that a lot i talk about mining your reviews and like yes so i always tell my clients for like if they're having a hard time knowing what to to post i say go back and read your five-star reviews Uh go back and read them and you can even use that as a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. And hey, bonus points if you get the person to record a video testimonial. <laughs> and that might be a big ask. That might be a big ask. Yeah, don't feel like, like you have to. I shouldn't no. bring that up because I don't want well, you to no, feel overwhelmed. There are going to be some people who are going to like jump on that. And yeah. also too, depending on like what it is that we're featuring, that could be good. Like if it's, I don't know, like I'm thinking about this because I went to the dermatologist this week. So if they have like a before and after of going to the dermatologist, like that would be wonderful if they could like send you the photos and then talk about it yeah but yeah. if not like it's okay they could do a they could do a voice memo to you if you don't use a boxer like this is my new best friend and i can download the voice memos of these people saying these nice things and then you know judge it up and doctor it up and put it in instagram or you could even take like the written 
out quotes and take that and turn that into a carousel post. So the point is you have options. Yes, absolutely. Quick last tip I'll leave you with for <laughs> not just case studies, but reviews, testimonials, all of it in general, is if you are going to have it on a carousel, make sure that that very first slide only has one to two very big, very bold, and very contrasted um, line. And what I mean by that is you don't want to have a you know, five sentence case study on the, on the slide because okay. people are just going to swipe right past it. You also want to make sure um, that the, like it's like a black and white or like a very contrasted, doesn't have to be black and white, but that there's really high contrast so that people can actually see the text mm-hmm. and that it's not a super scripty font that can't be read. But you want to pull out, I always, the problem with writing hooks that a lot of people have is they're like, I don't know what, like I have a hard time. I don't know what to put as the hook. And I always say, I don't know if you have a trick for this too, mm-hmm. you want to add, but I always say your hook gets written last. Yeah. Your hook, even though it goes first, to me, it gets written last because That's get it all down, get all the case study down, and then find the thing that if you are scrolling, pretend you are scrolling through Instagram and you stop on a post, what is it that's going to make you stop? Pull out that key phrase and put that on the first slide. Yeah, that actually ties in perfectly with what I do with the case study because I'll write like a placeholder for the H1, which if you go to a website, it's the the H1 is like the big font, the big script at the top of the page. There's only one. They're really territorial. Google crawls them for keywords. They're really important. But I write that like I'll have a placeholder. I write the case study and then I come back and I'm like, what was the thing that stood out the most? What was? And I used to not be as great at that, but now I'm like headlines um hooks for instagram posts email subject lines they all just need to be those attention grabbing things and once you realize that you're like start seeing them everywhere yes you really do and you get better at it it's like a muscle it is so okay sorry i said i was going to wrap up with this but now i'm now i'm curious do you feel like the headline so the h1 like that isn't that like the best seo real estate it's one of i think that it's okay. i mean we're never going to get a straight answer from the google <laughs> people's but the yeah google it's gods. one of yeah yes. it's and i think it's probably maybe one of the most important things if not the most important thing for your reader so you always have to like write for your reader but remember the robots like i need to put that on <laughs> or something like you have to keep both of them in mind so yeah and too with instagram too just their their ai can actually even read what's on a graphic yep. which is kind of scary so yeah, Creepy. keep that in yep. mind too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brittany, where's the best place to find you? If I have a question about a case study or want to, you know, because I know you also, you have the template to where you mm-hmm. can help people write them that way, but you can actually do it for them. I know you and I worked together on a, we called it a power hour where you helped me rewrite my sales page. And it was really great because, you know, when you just like looked at something so many times, <laughs> you're great to come in with a fresh set of eyes in that power hour. So how can people work with you? Yeah, so you can find me, of course, on Instagram. It's Brittany underscore Herzberg. Don't try spelling that. We will link it. Uh, my <laughs> website is also my name, BrittanyHerzberg.com. I'm on Voxer, but Instagram and my website are going to be the two best places to find me. As far as projects, yes, I love doing power hours, and that's really great for, I would say, like the beginning of a project or the end of a project. So beginning of the project would be like, I don't know where to start, and we can kind of have like a jumping off point. Um, the end part is like you said, you've stared at your sales page. It had been up for a little while. You're like, what do I need to do to make this better? Case studies. I love writing them. I also have a training for 
solopreneurs and copywriters, but honestly, like any kind of service provider, you can learn to write these on your own. And then what else? Sales pages. Yeah. So like, I like writing things, but really case studies and SEO are my jam. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, we'll link all that below. And I can just attest to the fact that Brittany is a super amazing and very nice human and would welcome your questions. So Yes, I would. Yes. (laughs) All right, Brittany, thank you so much for this and we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Holistic Marketing Simplified, brought to you by Holistic Marketing Hub, our hybrid program that supports you with personalized coaching, caption templates, and virtual classrooms. In this program, we teach health and wellness professionals how to fish, but we also bait their hook. Head to holisticmarketinghub.com to learn more and use code PODCAST for $100 off. And hey, you know how every podcaster at the very end of their episode asks you to rate and review their podcast? Well, that's because it's super important. These podcasts take a lot of time and heart and effort to produce to bring you free information. So in order for me to be able to continue doing that, we need more people to find out about the show. So if you could, please just take like two minutes out of your very busy day to leave me a rating and share this on your Instagram stories and tag at Molly A. Cahill. That's C-A-H-I-L-L. I would greatly, greatly appreciate your support. I truly appreciate you so much. I know your time is valuable and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.